What's what's was the one real nugget from Sam's or the word that Sam delivered last week? What's one nugget that someone would like to share? I'd like to say I have a prize for the one that can say something. Um, well, I, I would like to, but I can't because I don't. <laughs> what a biscuit. <laughs> Better be quick. <laughs> you can't get the, the uh, ribs because they all went this morning, but anywho. <laughs> um, what struck me was the, um, the story about the eunuchs and how when we are you know, coming to the kingdom and Christ defines us, even our very poor version of what we call ourselves and even our femininity or our masculinity or at the very core, he has to redefine everything. So yeah. we release the eunuch allows themselves to be completely defined by the, the master of the kingdom that he's serving under. And I just felt like that was such a, it's just such an all or nothing position. Yeah, a little bit nervous about that word, but yeah. <laughs> it can be by choice, all right? <laughs> Choosing not to. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. That was a great word, like Sam said. When was it, when was the last time you ever heard anyone preach on that? I, uh, never, but for a good, um, you know, good understanding and a good, good explanation, a good um, touching in our own heart as to what it's about. A- anyone else that could give me a good for this reason? <laughs> Perhaps for this reason, a man shall. Anyone? Leave to separate. And what was the heart of that was leaving the earthly. It's something I want to touch on tonight just as, uh, um, as I share what I feel the Lord's been speaking to me about since hearing that. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by what we're hearing. I mean, we've been uh, dealing with the, the topic of the bride for quite a few weeks. And we were talking about it, elders, and they also give me a hard time about my my little sayings and things. Um, but I really feel it's like, you know, when you discover this, it's like you're thinking you're biting into a crab apple. Then you then you discover it's like the size of a massive pumpkin. It's it's massive. In fact, this, all of Scripture is screaming it out. But we need to be able to have eyes to see, ears to hear this. And when you taste and see that the Lord is good. Then you want the next bit and the next bit. And this morning while we were worshiping, I felt like I was saying, you know, that we are people who nibble around the edges of the platter. I'm looking someone who's going to dive head first into the center of it. You know, don't nibble around the edges, but there really has to be this hunger and thirst after righteousness, a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. And I've been hearing a few people's testimonies about what's sort of, um, propelled them forward. So having, being drawn to the Lord, having given their heart to the Lord, having walked with the Lord for, for some time, what propelled them forward? And for every person that I can think of that's been sharing, they have got to a place where they are absolutely real before Father. Gone to somewhere, whether it's, and it was the same for me. Went aside, went to a beach, went to um, the bush, it could be your closet, wherever it is, but was drawn aside and was absolutely crying out to God. Why? Because there's been a stirring in the heart. They're saying, I know, at least I know there's enough. I've been nibbling around to the edges to know that this is good, but I don't really get it. I hear people talking of something that I don't really know. And there's a frustration that's sitting in and get to this point of crying out. I can't take it anymore. I need to know and, and not Often, as I'm hearing, it's not, and certainly wasn't my case, not that polite. But the very thing that, that I, I know that the Lord was looking for, and I say this as encouragement for every one of us, be absolutely real. He is not some lofty spirit that floats around up in space somewhere. 
and that we tend to create God in our own image and sort of um, put him in that place. And I believe it's why he says to the um, to the disciples that come to him, and say, but we did this and we did that and we did this and we did that. And it struck me when he said to them, they weren't saying, we don't know you. He wasn't saying, you don't know me. Christ is saying, I don't know you. That's a mic drop. Gulp. And my prayer cried out, then know me. Help me get out of the way that you will absolutely know me. That's where this, I can come no other way. I I was like that. Lord, I rent my heart open. Here I am. I can't come any other way. I don't know what else to do. But I'm here before you. This is great. And I I was yelling. Now I know you've shifted from treating me like some somewhere in outer space God has prepared a place for those who trust him and obey to me being absolutely real to you and you're treating me like a person. The language stuff, I'll sort out. Right now I need your heart and now you're coming to me. You're being more real to me than you ever have been and now I can talk to you. Now, about the language, let let me remind you who I am. And I remember one time, uh, um, was with a whole lot of friends that were involved in this newly, uh, become, had newly become Christians. Whole lot of friends are having an amazing time. We'd have worship, prophecies, and people would see visions and all the rest of it. I felt absolutely useless because I didn't have any of these things. So God must have forgotten about me. These people were all going off on Anastasis and YWAM mission trips left, right, and center and nothing. And so one day I just went and I screamed out to him on the bed and he just took me to scripture, took me to Isaiah and says, who are you? <laughs> Where were you? And I thought, oh, I'm going to create the universe. Just a minute. Paul, yeah? Need a little help. <laughs> so where were you when I did this? Where were you when I created Leviathan? Where were you when I created the oceans and decided where the boundaries were? Just remember who I am. And now let me deal with the issue of your heart. Do you think I don't know you? And then he started quoting scripture of the very words that I was saying to him and I didn't even know. And broke my heart. And it's so, I'm, I'm saying that as encouragement for you to be absolutely real with him. He's a real person. He really is. Well, the thing is that we would treat him, we'll say yes, but then my life doesn't reflect that that is the case. That's why he says, actually what you've, why I don't know you, of course I know you, I know where your heart is, but what you're showing me is hypocrisy. It's a mask. So you're showing me this mask, that person you're letting me know, but the guy behind the mask, you're too scared to show me. And so you're living behind the mask. And because you're living behind the mask, you're going to receive what the mask has worked for. You know, I was just sharing with Greg this morning, we had our two girls, uh, grand, granddaughters staying with us. Got up this morning, one of them that had a bit of a to-do, wasn't, wasn't major, but I could tell something had gone down. And so I started sharing with them and said, what happened? And they said something and I said, oh, turns out a lie was being told. Well, I wasn't in the room, so I've got no idea which one is telling the lie. So looking for Solomon's wisdom here. <laughs> and there's no handy sword around, so that was not an option. Um, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do, Lord? It's just, just start speaking to them. Just speak about the issue, the lie. And where is that coming from? It's coming from there's a fear and there's a, a bitterness that's growing in. And so I just started talking to them and we got this massive oak tree in the backyard and they could see it. I was talking about, you know, when we tell a lie, it can grow and it grows like the big tree. So when, is it easy to get that out when it's just a little seedling or the big tree? Oh, the big tree is really hard. Yeah. So let's deal with that issue. And so we just kept speaking around that and, no, I didn't tell a lie, I didn't tell a lie. And by now I'm knowing who actually told the lie. 
And so I just said, look, you know, I'm not going to punish you. In fact, I love you. And I need for you to say. Because if you don't say who's told the lie, you're the one that's going to be held captive to it and it'll be like that big oak tree. And you need to be free of it. I'm okay. I'm fine. God's, he's not moved and he knows. But for you to be free, you need to confess it. I lied. (laughs) I said, honey, come to me. And before she got to me, I mean, we already told this story about the prodigal. And before she got to me, I just wrapped her in my arm, pulled her into me, and held her, and she just collapsed into my arms. So what was holding her back from me before? Fear. Why? Because of anxieties and not knowing and the issues that had built up with her own own heart was holding her back from, I wasn't even going to punish her. I was only going to embrace her. I needed for her to be free. So as I'm holding her and just telling her, I forgive you, and just praying over her, now I'm melting in God's arms because he's speaking to me about, don't you understand? When you hold back from me from fear, is fear of punishment. If I have to punish you, then the work of the cross was not complete. There will be consequences for your actions. There's no doubt about that. But being able to find the acceptance that I need, that's why he says to me that he's faithful and just. If we confess our sins before him, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Who gets free? God? <laughs> Don't think so. Me. So in that, I start, I've started realizing again more and more and more this treating God like a person, being able to run to him. So the purpose of the story of the prodigal, the father's heart towards us is open for us so that we can receive from him. But if we don't treat him like a person, then we start to create him in our own image and we start to try and figure out how to understand him. We'll start to construct God and a whole set of rules and a whole set of things that seem right to us. I really, we're sort of, I mean, it's hard to say that we're sort of drawing to a close on the theme of the marriage of the bride and this profound mystery because we never will. Everything that we speak is going to be about this, the two great mysteries that are the, the one thing. You know, the mystery, I speak of this mystery of Christ and the church, this mystery hidden from ages past of the hope of glory in our hearts, a oneness, a one one posture or one position. And the things that we have been speaking of right through Ephesians, we're talking about the fivefold ministry, that's the equipping and the building of the saints for the acts of service for God. For what purpose or for what end is he's leading us into this oneness with him? But we will be sort of moving through the rest of Ephesians. And I just want to touch on this one aspect, this one thought about where where am I? So use that it's about you, so I'll say I, but it's all of us. Where am I sitting in my understanding of this? The um sorry I'm just reading my notes here. There's a couple of things I just wanted to work through to touch because first the first thing is on how you hear is how, can you grab this, is how um, you're going to respond. Thanks. And that's why we need, as Greg was saying this morning, man, wasn't that powerful? Yeah. Eh? It's like, uh, that was like um, roast beef, leg of lamb, steak, I fill it, and it was so much to actually have to go back and digest again. And crying out to God, I need you to do a work in me so I can hear what you were saying. So how you hear is going to be based on how you respond and how your actions and reactions will come from. In Romans 8, 7 to 10, in fact, I don't want to go through reading all of these things. I've just got some highlights here on these. So Romans 8, 7 to 10, it talks about the flesh is against the spirit. 
So when we look and we're talking about this, the um, the bride and their understanding of the two becoming one, we talk about this this mystery, this profound mystery that's there for us. The hope of glory, Christ in us. This was something that was kept hidden from ages past. We've actually got something that we're fighting. Though we fight not against flesh and blood and against um, powers and principalities, there's something else that we're fighting against. You know, that was a beautiful word from Mel um, the other morning and speaking of the, you know, of the glory of Christ within us and these, this um, whole imagery of, um, she is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Hold those that thought because I want to touch on that. But in this in this um, in this battle in this fighting is the wrestling. And I I know on one occasion when Anne and I had a a dialogue, and um, and one of us was more correct in our dialogue than the other one. <laughs> that I had to go to the end room and go. Oh. <laughs> and I wrestled, I wrestled with God. And he, and he took me through to, um, to Jacob and uh, Jacob in the river when he was crossing as he's returning back. And he showed me that the name of the river means the place of complete emptying. I had to get to get empty of myself to be able to receive what he was giving me. And that surrender, Paul, it's not about right or wrong. It's about righteousness. And that wrestling with God, I was wrestling my mind and my thinking about being right and wrong. And so the wrestle is against flesh and blood. The flesh is against the spirit. The spirit is against the flesh. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Maybe we'll turn and have a look at that. 1 Corinthians 2.14. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. The natural man cannot understand. So we have the spirit, but do we surrender to the spirit teaching? Or are we wrestling and then trying to figure out by our mind? 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 46 through 54, again it's about the spiritual did not come first, but the natural after that, the spiritual Again, we're in this place where clearly we're here. We've been born physically. We've been born flesh and blood. Here we are. But then something else needs to take place. Nicodemus found out that we need to be born again of the spirit. So the physical comes first, then the spiritual. As the natural man, Adam, came first, then the second Adam came. The spiritual heavenly man. So it is for us. We need to step into or receive that so that we can now receive and live by the spirit. But there's a battle. The flesh doesn't naturally just want to die. There's a physical, there's a choice that I need to give over something to receive something. Oh, where are we? Which is an issue that we all face. 2 Corinthians 11.3. And here's something where Mal just touched on a little bit and, and ascended too. In the sense that in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth and he creates Adam. And then out of Adam, he takes Eve. Well, in fact, out of Adam, he takes the woman. Name Eve doesn't come until after the fall. So he takes the woman. The woman's formed out of the man. Everything's perfect in the state. And yet here we look at this this um, account, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, 
your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So we have the, in the New Testament it becomes clear that we're speaking of a, of a physical man and a spiritual man. And so the first Adam is created and Eve is created. Then Eve says, was deceived. Why do you think Eve was deceived? I mean, they're in a beautiful environment. Everything is just fine. So how is it that Eve is deceived? You see, when you think of it in a spiritual context, who's Eve? Where? That's why he's warning us. So, but who are we Eve to? The second Adam. But how, how did the first Eve come? Cut it, taken out of the side of the first Adam. Where do we come from? From him. Where was Eve to join to? The first Adam. Where are we to join with and to? The second Adam, the heavenly man. But what's the issue that we're going to have to face that she had to face? That she was deceived. What was she deceived by? Why was it that she was so readily deceived? He didn't come. Pointy horns, red tail. You know, we're just chatting before. This is about how Satan comes, you know, and um, Isaiah and um, Ezekiel speaks very clearly of Satan and his intent. Ezekiel talks about you were in the garden. You're beautiful, formed, beautiful, shining. Scripture in New Testament tells us he comes as the angel of darkness. <laughs> no, comes as the angel of light that tickles, I guess, our senses and our mind that would lead us astray from the simplicity of the gospel, which is our alignment to Jesus Christ. It is very, it's a very simple message. It's just that it's a profound mystery. And it's our devotion to Christ. I can help it this morning and just every time I start talking with Greg and we, we he meets with all us elders and when we start dialoguing, there's like a, a power that comes from a living word that just everything inside just is screaming out. And I, and I think of the two guys that were walking with Jesus. Weren't our hearts burning within us? Why? Because they'd had too much chili that day? <laughs> no, because the, the, the word of God comes with power. And where's it going to work? In our hearts. Why? Because it's got to renew this thing. Why? Because that's what's it fighting against the spirit. And there's one simple message. It's Jesus Christ. You know? In Sunday school. What is it that's fluffy? You got two pointy ears and a little fluffy tail and a twitchy nose. I know the answer's a rabbit, but the answer's Jesus, ma'am. And it's everything points to Jesus. And when I know it was Sunday school tale, all the stories in Sunday school, they're all these different stories, but the real answer, it's always Jesus. It's always directing us to Jesus. You know, I've been hearing this message, and I've been here for over 12 years now. The last 10 years we've been hearing the message of what's been revealed to Greg. And the one thing that was needed for me was a humble posture to cry out to him and go, I know this is something I have been searching for all my life and in, even in my walk with you, Lord. And as much as I've known you, this is something more. I'm tired of nibbling around the edges. I want what I'm hearing declared. Oh, the answer is Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. I want what is being declared. I want to find this. Well, the answer is Jesus. Yes, yes, of course it is. We're Christians. I'll study it more and I'll, I'll read more. I'll worship more. I'll pray more. I'll attend more, attend more prayer meetings. I'll love more. Now, how do I get this? 
What are the how-tos? Well, the answer is Jesus. Yes, of course it's Jesus. Then why am I not changing? I know the answer is Jesus. Yeah, because something has to change, son. How did you receive your Jesus? Well, I received them the same way everybody else did. There was a crusade. There was all the gospel story. There was all the gospel message. And I need to, I don't want to go to hell. So I get saved. Okay. <laughs> Good, well, I'm in. Now, I need to know more. Yeah, you do. You do, son. You do need to gnosko more. And so this whole thing that sits around the revelation of Jesus. I will not and did not understand the bride. How can you? How can any of us understand the enormity of what he has on offer for us? Until we start to have our, the eyes of our heart open, our mind renewed, that we are his Eve. Who do you think Eve was going to hang out with? Who did she have? Adam. You know, God did a beautiful thing. And I think that, the, you know, I had a quick chat with, with Sam. He's, we get like five minute snippets after. <laughs> After Wednesday morning, and it's such a, a richness just to dialogue with him and hear what's on his heart. We're talking about, you know, when God created Adam, when was Eve created? After God said to him, now, name all the animals. So he sees all the animals, two by 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 two. Hang on a minute. One. Something is completely different here. Well, then what is there for me? Certainly nothing of this creation. I will form something very special for you because it's not the animals that are formed in my likeness and in my image. You are. And I'm, I'm prophesying something that's happened already for you to see. You're extremely unique. You'll find nothing of this earth. And so he forms Eve out of him. Sound a little familiar? For Christ. Who would Eve be devoted to? And yet she was deceived, led astray by things of the world. So who are we to be devoted to? This is a profound Mystery. I'm speaking of Christ and the church. It's not just the individual thing. I actually have no problem now. I'm the bride, and I don't need to go down that pathway. <laughs> I'm the bride. I, it's, I'm the son. I'm an heir. I'm his. I'm the, I'm the temple. You know, in Ephesians we've been reading about this, the way living stones being built up into a temple for him to dwell. I go now to my father's house to prepare a room for you. My father's house in many mansions. What, what do you put in this mansion? Isn't it him? Isn't, aren't we the temple that's being built in which he will dwell? Our father in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come. Up in heaven so we can all escape out of this. No, on earth. Where's he going to dwell? In us. Hence the work that he's doing for us because just like Eve was for Adam, the first Adam, pure, holy, righteous. Talking before the fall. That we need to be made pure, holy, righteous in him. There's a work that's being done in us. That we need to be formed and to have his character formed in us. You see, grace, forgiveness, that's given to us through Jesus Christ. Character must be formed. It doesn't just get, there's, there's a dose of character. It's formed in you. And that's through that surrendering process to him. Well, for what purpose? To be his Eve. 
or his woman, if you think of it in that that sense, to be the one that's pure in his same nature, in his same character, in his same likeness. But I cannot, and I could not figure this out in my head. There was a lot of weeping, a lot of wailing, and there still is. When I hear the words coming, and I'm thinking, yes, I wish I understood that. (laughs) 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 That's right. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Is anybody else getting it? (laughs) All right, got to talk to Sam. (laughs) It's all right, son. I'm just shoving a massive steak down your throat, so don't (laughs) choke on it. (laughs) Wait on me. Meditate on my word. (laughs) It's not what he's talking about. It might be like this. Press the play button, record button. I'm sorry to have to confess. I've gone to bed listening to Greg. (laughs) I've gone to bed listening to Sam. (laughs) I was getting worried when I was seeing my wife go to bed with Greg too. (laughs) I tell you, man, we download those messages. Listen to what Mal has been saying. Listen to what Sam, listen to what Craig, uh, um, Chris and Greg have been saying. Listen. Lord, give me the ears to hear. There's so much contained in this. I need to digest. I need to marinate on this. I need to meditate. When I wake up in the morning, I want it, you to be on my thoughts. And so that you're speaking a word that I can understand because you're looking for, and I'm going to say it this way because of the difference between when, um, God formed the woman out of man and the, the, the typology, if you like, of using the word Eve after the fall. I don't want to be as Eve. I want to be as woman. Yeah. First cesarean on a bloke. <laughs> she came from him. She was pure. She was pure to reunite with him. And so I want to be his woman. So made pure, made righteous, made his equal. And how's he going to do that? By the power of his word. But I cannot figure this out with this. That's been my biggest stumbling block. And to be able to hear the word and to be able to submit. I'm older than Greg. I should know more. Exactly. It's only a mess to have to clean up. So to submit, you know, we, we were looking at it at, at elders about how when uh, Jesus went to the temple around 12, he amazed everybody when his mum uh, and Joseph came looking for him. He said, where do you think I would be? But in my father's house. And then it said he left and was in submission to them. <laughs> So it's nothing to be in submission to Greg, to um, Sam, to Chris, to Sandra, to Vera, even in the sense um, to Kirk and to others and as they're fulfilling the, the godly gift that's on their life to, that's bringing something. It's, it's pride that would rise up and block that out. But to hear the Christ spoken, again, for what purpose? I want to be his woman. But it it takes that transformation, the renewing of the mind that's causing the stumbling blocks to be got out of the way. But it's only a a humility of heart and a brokenness. It's not weakness. It's strength in order for that work to be done. I actually really don't have much more than that. It was about the the word he was giving me was about in the, in the in the context of Eve being the woman. Do you understand? Have you seen? Are you his Eve? Don't be so easily deceived 
that you'd be led astray from a pure devotion to Christ. Because everything is contained and found in Christ. The hope of Jesus Christ in us. This is this other great mystery. The hope of glory in my heart. What, what is this hope of glory? Where do I find that? What's that all about? What are the things I have to do to work out the hope of glory? It just told you, you big muppet ball. It's Jesus Christ in you. You know? Oh. Well, that's a bit simple. Yes, it's profound. Now try and, you try and make that happen. You can't. All you can do is surrender and discover me in you. And I'll tell you what, in that discovery, there'll be a few buttons that are being pushed. What? So that you can get out of it? No, so you can realize what he's doing. And in that, you'll discover the stuff of life happening to you. Where did that power come from? Where did those words come from? Words of life and words that build up, words of encouragement, words of hope, prophetic words that are building and leading people into the service, the works of God, prepared in advance for them to do. Where did, where did that all come from? Because that wasn't me. Yeah, no, that's the hope of glory. Christ himself formed in you, actually at work in you. Where, when there's confrontation, there's not uh, anger rising up to fight back, but rather there's a softness of heart and a softness of spirit and a tolerance and a wisdom to wait and what to say. That certainly wasn't my my behavior before. It's the power of Christ, the hope of glory in me. Lord, I pray, I pray as simple as that is, that it is simply profound. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in us. And Lord, that in that, the gift of the Holy Spirit who teaches us and leads us into all righteousness. Father, I pray that that is a work that is being done in each one of us more and more each day. A surrendered heart to you. The the Holy Spirit that you are teaching us and leading us as you transform our minds, forming the character, the very nature of God within us, as you raise up your church, your equal, to be one with you. Lord, I thank you that was your very prayer, that you're coming to rule and reign on earth, that you will have dominion, just as you <clears throat> spoke for Adam and Eve to have take dominion over the earth, you will take dominion with your bride over the earth. And so, Lord, we look to you as a people cry out to you, do the work within us, open the eyes of our heart, grant us the power of God that we might know you more and love you more and love each other. Thank you, Lord. Um, I just want to ask as a question, as I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me on this, is before you were here, how many of you heard of the teaching of the bride? So before you come here, okay. How many of your Christian friends have heard of the teaching of the bride? Like, has it been your general discussion as Christians when you get with other people to talk about the bride of Christ? No. So, you know, in 2 Corinthians 1, so 2 Corinthians 11, 1 to 6, which Paul just talked about, where Paul is saying you've been led astray. He's saying you've been led astray from the bride of Christ. Okay, is this dropping? Because in verses 1 to 3, he's telling you, I'm godly jealous for you to present you as a pure virgin, the bride. Then he says you've been led astray from the bride. So when you hear simplicity of Jesus, you've got to hear in Jesus is the bride of Christ. So when you look around the church and go, who's preaching the bride? It's because the church has been led astray from the bride. Is this hitting what I'm trying to say? Then he says this. I'm going to read it, okay? 
This is what he says. So he's saying, because you've been trying, church, because you've been trying to understand God in your mind, you've been led astray from the great mystery. Okay? Then he says this. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus. Do you know what that is? What is another Jesus? It's not, it's not, it's not someone who comes in demons and goes, this is demonic. It's another version of the truth that's painted up as the truth. It says this. The priority for the church is to reach the lost people. The priority of the church is to prophesy. The priority of the church is to find out your giftings and your calling and discover your will and find it. That is the other Jesus. Okay? If you don't have love, 1 Corinthians 13, what are you? Nothing. You can have all the things that the church preaches are the number one things. We had a man come who was an evangelist who taught us in this room that every church should, their number one priority should be to reach lost people. He was written books on it. He's doing teaching on it. The number one, the very first thing, and it's if it's not, there's something wrong with your church. That's not what God teaches. It's another Jesus. Here, you take the words of Jesus without vision and you preach another Jesus. This is where the deception is. It's not, oh, here it is. It's so obvious that he's coming with a pitchfork and a red hat. The false prophet is not going to come looking like a demon. He comes looking like Greg Simnor. Now, the intent of the heart, you hope, is not to deceive and mislead. That's the thing he said to the disciples when he said before he was going, make sure you are not misled by those who come and say, yes, Jesus is the Christ. Okay, They're not saying the person is saying they're Jesus. The person preaching will say Jesus is the Christ. Can you hear what I'm saying? And that man or woman will lead them astray from Jesus. The battle is in this room. That's where the real battle is. It is not Satan. It's in this room. Because your mind is not restored. So you take the words of God. You don't even realize you do it. You twist it and then you speak it, but it's got no game. So you can always be learning, but you're never ever coming into the true life. You have a form of godliness, but what haven't you got? Power to what? Live like God. Be an emanator of God. You can't love. Why? Because it's another Jesus. See, so Paul is saying, church, you've been led astray from what it's all about. The great mystery between Christ and his church that you would be his Eve. And you're missing it big time. So you've got to stop and go, how many people in the church are talking about the bride? Not that many. So the church is being led astray because it's made it about reaching the lost, healings, signs and wonders. We've got all these ministries that are all outcomes, works of Jesus. And he's saying, well, it's all about me. It's not on the revelation of healing. It's not on the revelation of prophecy. It's not on the, it's on the revelation of who? Me. You've been led astray from me. See, it's only simple if you're in the spirit. It's complicated if you're in the flesh. It's not simple if you're trying to understand it through the flesh. Yes? You won't understand it. You won't understand anything Paul said. I watched your faces. I saw you're trying to understand Eve in your mind. You can't. Don't. You've got to go away and go, what on earth is he talking about? See, your mind, unless it's renewed, won't hear it. An unrenewed mind cannot fundamentally hear what a renewed mind is speaking unless it's been renewed. So you've got to go, I don't get that. Don't even try. I said this this morning. As soon as you try, you're going backwards. You're going to get entangled in you, meaning the old man. So he's saying, then he says this. He's telling you clearly, but how many of you have seen it? It's right in front of you. But how many of you have seen it? Yeah. So he has to reveal. Then he says this, another Jesus whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted. You ready? But you bear this beautifully. 
Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, that's all about reaching the lost. Let's go. Oh, that sounds right. It's all about prophecy. Let's go. Oh, it's all about healing now. Let's go. And we go from the whim. You know what? Because someone else has got some great vision. And man, we just go from vision to vision to vision to vision. How it's tiring. He says vision is seeing Christ. If you can't see Christ, you're going to perish. Then he says this. For I consider myself not in the least inferior to the most eminent apostles. I'm not inferior. But even if I'm unskilled in speech, yet I am not so in knowledge. The true knowing of the Messiah. I may not be the flashest cat on the block by speaking, but I ain't about that. See, if you're looking externally going, wow, look at the way they speak. Look at the way they pull apart the words. Oh, my mind. Oh, it's amazing. Hey? Why? Because that's the place of learning from the world. You are drawn to the flesh. You're drawn to it. Wow. Oh, don't stop. Keep it coming. No. That's when you get deceived. You're being led astray in your mind from the bride of Christ. You're being led astray. It's happening and you don't even know it's happening. You're like, yes, of course it's all about discovering my gift. Call it's all about discovering my individual purpose and plan on this earth. God, that feeds me. See, the flesh goes there naturally. Oh, yeah, tell me again. Tell me again. Tell me again. Oh, I'm following you. Tell me again. This is what we do. And we go to conference after conference after conference after conference, looking for it. He's going, hello, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Hello, anyone? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. No, no, it's not you. Who are you? No, no, you're not the answer. You just got to stop and think. When God showed me this, I said, Lord, I've never heard this message. He said, no, I haven't heard it either for a while. (laughs) But you know what? I want to get it out there and I want to use you guys. And will you let me build my church? Because it's the most important thing the church can know. But if you can't hear and see it, you'll never understand it. Because you've got to connect the picture to the words. Can you understand what I'm saying? The words we're speaking are connected to a picture. It's like trying to describe that picture and you can't see it. Imagine you've got no vision. That's not even there. And I'm telling you about the picture when it's blue. And you've got no concept of what that is, okay? It's probably better as this, mobile phones. Imagine you've got no concept of what a phone is. And I'm describing it to you. What is this guy talking about? You see, you need the vision. You need to see the picture because only then do the words that are spoken make sense because they're connecting to the picture. Yeah? You don't understand what I'm saying because you can't hear the word because the word is connected to the image in the spirit, the unseen realm. So he's been trying to get this through, but gosh, only it's been lost, man. And I think the evidence is right in front of us because we're hardly anyone speaking. It's the most important mystery. You think if it was the most important, everyone would scream about it. So why aren't they? And Paul is saying, guys, this is 2,000 years ago. Well, it's the same today. Why? Because you've been led astray. And then he says this. He says, Eve, like Eve was deceived. So he compares the deception of the bride of Christ to the fall of man. Does it get bigger than that? You've fallen. I'm using that as a foreshadow to show you how far away you've fallen, guys, from the greatest mystery. (laughs) It's huge. And that's six verses in one book. Now, what I've said is in the entire scriptures of his letters. You go have a look at Colossians 2, 2 to 6. It's there. And then he says this. If you know the Christ, you won't be deceived. So I'm telling you about the Christ so you won't be deceived. You do realize that we're all in a form of deception, don't you? Do you? Do you realize that you are blinded to a measure? Or do you think you have all sight? But do you really know that, though? Do you realize that you are the Pharisee of Pharisees, eh? 
Yeah. Before he comes and saves you, you are no different to them. You would have nailed him to the cross like me. You're no different. See, when that hits you and you realize, oh my goodness, there's another life that I'm not seeing. And then he starts opening your eyes to see it. All of a sudden, you put down stuff and you're running. See, if you're not running from hearing what you've heard in three months, you're not seeing it. Okay, I'm telling you, I want to, I'm telling you in love. If you haven't gone, you haven't heard it yet. And I'm only saying that so you know you haven't heard it yet. When you get the revelation of this, man, you'll be singing from the rooftops. You'll burn out. You would have come up to me by now and gone, Greg, Greg, the bride of Christ. I go, it's awesome, eh? (laughs) That's an appropriate response to the revelation of the bride of Christ. So that's not been your response. You haven't yet got it. Go after it. It is contained within Christ. And he wants to reveal it in you. Not here, here first, then it gets renewed here, then you see, hear it, understand it, you see it, fruit. It produces love, okay? Hundred, sixty, thirtyfold fruit through one seed, the kingdom seed. What is the greatest mystery in the kingdom? So how's your fruit from what you've been listening to? You got 30-fold fruit yet? 60? 100? That's how you know if you've received it because it's growing. So I just sense the Spirit wanted me to preach that. So we are held. Who feels a bit held now? In awe and wonder and reverence. Sounds like the word, doesn't it? Fear of God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Means love. Reverence and awe. And wonder of who are you? That's God. That's what it should be in our minds. Not this casual ass. I'll get there when I get there. Cruise. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're talking about God, man. You're going to stand before Almighty God. You won't be going cruise. You might be. <laughs> so I think this questions. Let's get into it and seek with all you are. Okay. That's a great word, Paul. Thanks, bro.